0: Welcome to Journey into Permaculture. This is Vincent, your permaculture guide. Now that we've got a few episodes posted and we've got a ton of listens all over the world, go ahead and jump on our most active social media site, Twitter, and tweet us your favorite episode and a little bit why. I'll be sure to give you a shout out on a future episode. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I want to explain zone and sector analysis. This is a design application for your master plan. You can find it in Bill Mollison's Permaculture, A Designer's Manual textbook. It's on pages 49 and 50. When creating an actual site design, we must pay really close attention to observing the space and locating components relative to how often you'll visit them, and the energy used. There are two kinds of energy sources. First, the energy that's available on the site itself. This type of energy source includes people, machines, wastes, or what is considered waste, and the fuels or the energy sources of family and or society. Essentially, we're talking about the time and the energy available that you have. The second type of energy is one that is flowing through the site. This is potential energy, or energy that can be captured from wind, water, the sun, or even fire. To manage this various energy that's coming through our sight, We want to place intervening components in each sector in which we can harness these energies. As we visualize what these zones are, essentially you can create circles within each other where each circle is larger and further away from the center. The innermost circles are ones that we visit most frequently and we'll manage those spaces most intensively. We're using these zone systems to conserve energy and resources within the site. As we don't have endless amounts of time and we don't have endless amounts of energy, the things that we use most or which we'll need to have or use often need to be closest. Any site will not be able to utilize a zone system neatly, we will have to conform the land to the pattern and will eventually be modified more and more by access of these systems. Your space may have such characteristics as slopes that are very steep and soils of varying kinds. There might even be technical problems that arise, especially since our society looks at boundary lines that are straight when nature really works in curves or circles. Starting with zone zero, this is what we would consider in-house the or a community. This is where we work and live most, and our available energy in this zone is human energy. Essentially, zone zero is concerning good house design. We could also consider attaching a glass house or greenhouse on the side of the home, particularly on the south side, which will help integrate growing within the home. Other infrastructure components could include a sod roof or a living roof. We would be able to include growing vines on trellises along the sides of the home. I don't suggest growing it on the home as that could cause premature degradation. Potted plants, roof gardens, as well as companion animals that would be useful for design. We wanna avoid the idea of pets, but more animals that will perform a function within the system. As we create certain structures within this zone, they're usually formed from the natural environment, which will in turn return to it or degrade, such as using bamboo for trellises. We could consider earthen created structures, which actually last much longer than your typical modern construction. Zone one includes components that need continual observation. We're going to have frequent visits to this zone, and we're going to consistently input our energy. This zone will include mulched areas and pruned gardens, particularly a kitchen garden. You may also have chickens in zone 1 and you'll be collecting chicken eggs in their boxes. Other culinary herbs will also be grown and accessible in zone 1. Zone 1 is essentially very close to hand or we will waste a great deal of time and energy visiting them every day. This zone is within 20 feet of the home or zone zero. So don't go beyond 20 feet from the home with these various structures. A vast majority of your sustenance for annual growth can be found in zone one. In this zone one home garden, we'll raise seedlings and young trees that are destined for the outer zone placement. We could also use those plants as mother plants and we can use as cuttings or replicate these species Other poultry could be included in Zone 1. We could also have quiet and domestic animals, which would include raising fish, rabbits, guinea pigs, and other culinary uses for food creation and preparation. We'll use rainwater catchment tanks on the edges of the home and is placed in Zone 1. Typical techniques in Zone 1 include mulching, intensive pruning of trees, Growing with annuals and replacing those frequently for consistent crop yields, using the land fully, and we'll be nutrient recycling household waste, as in using compost. This zone is where we arrange nature to serve our needs the most, where we will be using most of our energy. Zone two is less intensively managed. We will likely spot mulch orchards. This entire zone will not be consistently mulched. We'll have main crop beds, but it will be more with perennial growth rather than annual growth. Domestic animals which have a range or larger animals are found in zone two. Their shelter may be right on the edge of zone one as you may be frequently visiting them, including goats, cows, and pigs, and less intensive orchards. Zone three could be considered the commercial crop or the farm zone. We'll use animals that live in this zone for sale or for trading. We will spread manure from zone two along zone three for fertile soil conditioning. We will have natural trees rather than pruned trees in zone three. We'll use larger storages here your larger ponds will be found in zone three. You may also have a larger barn or other shelters to create windbreaks to further manage the microclimate in zone two and zone one. Specific tree placement within this zone will also be helpful in making a microclimate better suited for your inner zones. Zone four borders the forest or wilderness. We still manage this area, but it's more for wild gathering of food. We may also use zone 4 for harvesting fuel that we'll need for the household, especially for wood fire. Zone 4 will also be great for pasture or larger range for our grazing animals. We will want to plant hardy, unpruned, and keep volunteer trees that come up here in zone 4. Instead of creating ponds, we might create dams to preserve water in this zone and we would likely be able to pipe the water closer into the system. We might use wind energy to slowly pump water out into other areas without the use of electricity. Zone 5 is a completely natural, unmanaged environment. We will use this for occasional foraging, recreation, letting it be so that we can meditate and observe the natural environment. This is ultimately the zone where we will learn the rules of nature that we try to apply in the zones closer to the home. As the zone system ideally is in a circular pattern, we will need to deform it to fit our landscape. We can in fact also bring wedges of wilderness zone throughout each zone. We could also extend a more frequently used zone. Perhaps we make a loop path which will extend the inner zones. Ultimately, zones are created by the distance from the center and is decided on two factors. One, the number of times you need to visit the plant, animal, or structure, and two, the number of times the plant, animal, or structure needs you to visit it. For example, as we look on a yearly basis, we may visit the poultry shed for eggs at least daily 365 times. We may need to clean out this poultry shed 20 times for manure accumulation. We'll likely need to water at least 50 times or more and we'll also need to cull back the flock perhaps five times a year. We might visit this shed another 20 times for other reasons beyond these. That means we will visit this poultry shed over 460 times a year. Other zones we will visit less frequently. As we visit our wilderness areas, such as gathering acorns from oaks, we may only visit that twice a year, simply to collect the acorns. That means zones are created from frequency of visits. The more visits that are needed, the closer the objects need to be from zone zero. The golden rule is to develop the nearest area first. Hence, start from your doorstep. Get the closest areas under control and then expand the perimeter. It's far too often that novices will create a garden far away from the home, which needs a lot of energy to maintain. Every site will have a slightly different size of each zone however all five zones should be incorporated into a full permaculture design it's always best to start from zone zero and expand outward thanks for tuning in to journey into permaculture see you next time